I'm Jordan Goodman. And I'm Justin Goodman. We're third-generation insurance agency owners and also brothers. Even though we had the same upbringing, we see the world very differently. This caused significant issues in our early years, but we eventually embraced the idea that every coin needs two sides to be complete. In 2018, we launched our second company, Total CSR, with the aim of reducing new-to-industry onboarding timeframes from two years to two months. Since then, we've traveled the country speaking to thousands of agency owners and their teams, and we've come to realize two things. We all struggle with similar challenges, regardless of size and location, and oftentimes, we are too embarrassed to ask for help. The Independent Agent Podcast is our attempt to provide helpful answers to your most difficult questions, anonymously, of course. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of The Independent Agent. I'm Jordan, and he's Justin. We are going to start off today with a beverage. It's not going to be a cocktail. However, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, the same day that President Trump declared a national emergency for the coronavirus, so we thought we would honor that with a corona. So Justin doesn't even get the option of his ultra, but... I think he knows how to drink these. So I think he, I think you had a little bit of practice with this in college, yeah? I did, but we are missing a lime. I know, I know. You know what? The grocery stores are about two and a half hour long. So we just went to the gas station liquor store to make sure we got this. Don't feel like standing in line for that lime. So just pretend. These are green. You can break some of this sure, off in okay. front of you and you can uh, drop it in for some color. I wonder if we're going to be able to record any more podcasts. I think we will overcome. Zombie apocalypse will not be among us. This is true. We will keep calm, carry on. So, I will start with the first question, unless you have any other introduction you'd like to say. The only thing I'll say just to start is that there's a lot of people with differing opinions on on how this all should be handled. Including you and I. (laughs) Yes, including you and I. Go figure. But I I think it's just important during this time to be mindful of of where everybody's at in this process. I actually listened to, I don't know if you listened to Rob Bell's most recent podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just, just talking about that sometimes life forces us to take a moment and pause. And I think this is having an impact that is going to make a lot of us pause and take some time, even if we don't want it. My family included. My kids' school has now shut down for at least the next two to three weeks. And others in the state of California will follow very shortly. And so while there is a lot of fear out there and and very real negative implications for people, not just from a health, but from a business perspective as well, I think it's also important to make the most of the time that we have with family and appreciate that it is going to create some opportunities that we wouldn't have otherwise had in our crazy, hectic lives. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If you guys haven't listened to that, Rob Bell has a podcast called The Robcast, and he did one on Wednesday, which was about coronavirus and just kind of how we're responding to it and how this is just something different. And it's, we haven't been here before and it's the thing before the thing. We don't know what it is. So if you want to go check that out, that was really helpful for my wife and I when we sat down because we're even on slightly different pages with this whole thing. So while we're talking about Rob Bell, I was with him two weeks ago and it was fantastic. So if you guys ever want to go check out, he does these 
they're called something to say workshops. Basically, there was 35 of us in a room at the improv in Hollywood for two days, people from all over the world. And most of the people had projects or books or restaurants or business owners or whatever. And they were either stuck in a place in life or stuck in a part of a project. And you kind of get up on a stool and chat with Rob for like 25, 30 minutes. And he helps get you unstuck. And it was magnificent to watch 35 people just work through this all as like one group. It when you left, it kind of felt like, you know, you're coming home from camp and you have that little sadness. But if you're there in your life, man, it was exceptional. I recommend you check it out. Awesome. Cool. So everyone's like, who the heck is Rob Bell? So question one, I started a new job as a sales manager at an agency and I was able to secure a bonus during the salary negotiation process. I'm now being told no bonuses are being given. I've met the goals, so how do I go about getting the bonus I've earned without straining my relationship with upper management? So he's a sales manager, not a salesman or woman. Sales merman. sales manager, okay, a merman. So I think the way the question's word is a little tricky. I think what this person is saying is, as part of my hiring process, I negotiated a sales bonus based upon performance. Now I've met the performance measures and the bonuses come due and it's not coming my way and I need to be able to speak my mind without harming my long-term relationship. I think one, here's our disclaimer, we're not attorneys, but I think there is a, a significant amount of support for bonuses that have been earned that are past the due date they should have been paid. And again, consult your attorney, but I think that would be the last resort. But I think that is a tool at your disposal. But I'd also go back to the fact that if you guys exceeded your goals, there's got to be some rationale, some piece of information that I'm missing here of why they wouldn't be paying out a bonus. And it goes to show that, hey, if we're exceeding goals, we probably hit a really good number because we didn't set a low bar for the bonus. And then the organization is doing well, so should have disposable funds for you unless there's some other part of this that I'm missing. Yeah, I mean, there could be a whole lot of reasons. I mean, they could have had, as an example, some large expense item. What if they had... they hit their top line revenue, but they had some large you know, claim and have a high SIR and they were out dollars there. I mean, or potentially his department that he managed hit their goal, but other ones didn't. And so the, the company was struggling. So I could see where this could have played out. Obviously, there is missing information. But I mean, I don't know. I I'd just go back to them and say, hey, we agreed upon this. Why am I not being paid this? And they'll say, well, we don't have the money. But you say, yeah, but we agreed upon this. And sit quietly. And I would let them flounder. And I would keep pushing. And they would say things. And then I would just say, yeah, but we agreed upon this. And I hit my goals. And you're not living up to your end of the bargain. So this is an integrity piece. Right? And it might become a legal piece. And it might be something that the rest of the organization finds out about. Because if it happened to me, you're probably doing it to other people too. And this might become a much larger issue. Now, consult your attorney. But we keep running into some of these questions. Justin, I just wonder like how the rest of these agencies run. I can't imagine... like We, we go out of our way to get our staff bonuses, right? Like I, I can't imagine any which way this would, would happen. Well, and in this situation, they should be able to articulate the rationale behind it. 
there's some other part of this conversation that we're missing out on. It wasn't just, no, we're not paying out bonuses. There's no because of X, Y, and Z. Right. Well, and it could be a situation of, hey, we're now seeing this. We need to conserve capital. So the conversation could be, hey, we'll give you your bonus. However, we're having you know cutbacks at the company. So we might have to lay off people or we may need to reduce salaries so we can keep your salary flat year over year, or we're going to have to do pay cuts of 10% across the board because of it. And so we're trying to do this. And then you can make your decision. Well, let's let's pretend it's a different industry. Let's say they're trade show companies or a trade show supplier. And given coronavirus, it's going to impact a lot of these businesses in the short term. They're preparing for a shortfall of cash that's going to come their way. And so the appropriate response might be, hey, we need to, as an entity to survive this, do some things in the short term. But we are going to make you whole, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to pay a portion of the bonus now, and then the rest will be delayed, let's say, 6, 8, 12 months. But we're going to pay you interest on that or a kicker on that. And there's other things that can be done. It's not a zero-sum game. I mean, that's assuming that the agency should have come to he or she up front with that. Hey, here's what we have going on. I don't know. That stuff really bothers me. I'm sorry. That's crappy. If the agency principal is listening, make it right with your staff person because that's crappy. And you might just be going through a crappy situation. So, but figure it out. And when in doubt, I would appeal first. Hug it out. What's that? Hug it out. (laughs) No, don't hug it out. We were at an event, I-Day, out in Pasadena, and people were doing the elbow bump things or then casually trying to stick their hand out and pulling it back. It just got really awkward. So I went I went and saw a client today, and I brought him a little gift and something. Instead of giving me a high five because he liked it, he gave me two high air fives. So, you know, people are making sure they're staying germ-free, dude. Well, my largest account I went out and saw yesterday – and he did not hesitate to shake my hand, and I was happy about that. <laughs> Good. <But. laughs> All right, let's move on to question two. One of our growth initiatives for 2020 is to do a better job of rounding out accounts and cross-selling between departments. Personal lines will refer business to commercial, but commercial lines agents are not returning the favor, stating that they are not willing to put their client relationships at risk. This attitude is causing a lot of conflict and distrust between the two departments, which is significantly halting our progress, preventing us from writing the new accounts. How do we get beyond these issues so that we can move forward with achieving our goals together? Okay, well, this is why I need to, I need to have a pen so I can jot my thoughts down. First, I think the personal lines needs to understand where the commercial lines people are coming from. Well, no, actually, I'm going to go to that one. Remind me if I forget that one. All right. First, I'm going to start is... It sounds like management is forcing personal lines to do it, but giving commercial lines the option, that's awkward and only going to create issues. It should be very clear cut, and this is why we're doing what, and that's a management thing. Second thing is, the reason the commercial lines people probably don't feel comfortable with the personal lines is typically, and this is not, this is not to speak negatively about personal lines agencies, but even my personal lines agent, right? I talk to them once or twice a year via email. Here's the renewal, boom, done, right? A lot of the commercial lines business is a much higher touch, a lot stronger relationship, et cetera. And so if they feel like it's going to be something where they're going to get the same, the commercial lines people might want them to have the same level of service on the personal lines. 
and they might associate a faster, more transactional service and the personal lines not coming across, and it could create some friction in the relationship. Now, if you look at the stats, right, the propensity to retain accounts when an agency has the whole thing, the commercial lines, when the personal lines get gets added to the whole thing, is significantly higher. So I think it's really something that the commercial lines should want your personal lines people talking to. Now, the commercial lines producers or agents or, or CSRs rather should be doing the soft introduction onto the personal lines and saying, hey, here's Tom, here's Jan. They're exceptional at what they do. I want them to take care of you. Just take a look and, and really make that introduction. But you guys really need to be talking amongst each other because your retention will be significantly higher if you can go ahead and combine these two together and it's staying in your house. I think you guys are missing out on a huge opportunity or rather the commercial lines folks are in doing so. I think too with commercial lines, the challenge is to pick up, let's say the agency is going to pick up another $800 in commission by picking up the personal lines for this account. It may be a $30,000 commission commercial account. To the commercial lines producer, if something goes awry based upon something they can't control, I'm the commercial lines producer, I'm not involved in the personal lines, and the personal lines person blows it, it costs the agency $30,000 and me my commission cut on that, right. right? The risk is far higher on the commercial line side of the equation to refer to personal lines versus personal lines to commercial lines. I've also seen it where agencies will say that there'll be a referral commission to that person in the department who says refers a personal lines account to a commercial lines and vice versa. Well, the carrot is much bigger for that personal lines person to refer something to commercial based upon the commission account versus the commercial lines referring a personal lines piece over, you know, a, a homeowner's policy, if you will. So practically there's a lot more at play and risk for the commercial lines department. But if, like you said, they're not focused on, the risk, you know, what's the risk that somebody else is doing a dynamite job on personal lines? Right. And then he says, or she says, I have somebody who can do your commercial lines, and now they've wedged you out. I think it really does come from management. There's ways to incentivize it, but everyone has to be honest in the room saying, especially with our client base, what's the likelihood that somebody else is trying to get the opportunity with them and what happens if we don't control all these lines of business. And even, I would say that's a data-driven conversation. Go within your agency, look at the policy count and compare against retention. You have two policies, three policies, you have commercial lines and personal lines, and those accounts that you have both commercial and personal lines, I guarantee you that retention rate's higher. And if you multiply, let's say a $10,000 commercial lines account and you retain it at 95% versus 90% because now you've got the personal lines in there, how many additional years of revenue is the agency going to have? So it's really a math equation and a leadership equation amongst the agency principals that they have to get commercial lines and personal lines on the same page. I agree. Yes, we agree. Cool. So we disagree on some strategy on coronavirus. We both agree that Corona is an excellent beer. No. Can, can we speak on this for a minute? Because this has me concerned. Okay. I was texting with my brother-in-law last night, and I said to him, I was thinking about the damage. Let's say Guadalupe Minamontes? No, not that one. Oh. Not that brother-in-law. My uh, other brother-in-law in the insurance space. Ah, got it. Keep guessing, people, from the previous podcast episode who he is and a $100 Amazon gift card coming your way. But we were talking about Corona and the impact on the brand. 
So long-term for Corona, will they have to rebrand under a different name? No. You don't think? No. There's not a chance. Or they're going to have to come up with something really catchy. They have highly paid advertising people whom will figure out some brilliant ad campaign. And three months from now, it's not going to matter. It's going to be summer. And we're all going to be drinking. I mean, we're drinking it right now. Yes. They're getting me to drink it right now. And I usually don't drink Corona. I just hope there's never a Goodman virus that goes out there. Why would there be a Goodman virus? I don't know. I don't know how they name these viruses. Coronavirus? Well, coronavirus is, it's like, you know how there's like influenza's flu? Corona is another strain, right? So like they said, like I watched this pediatrician put this thing out and they said 20% of the cases of people that come in who think they have the flu every year actually have coronavirus. So it's not like it's... Oh, it's it's not like hurricanes being named. (laughs) <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> it's not like hurricanes being made. No, but the COVID-19, the 19, I think it was because it was in 2019. Mm. So almost like... There's a COVID-18 or something like that. Or I was going to say like policy forms, you know? Bring the 1185. Yeah. Oh. See, see what I'm doing? All but right. past that, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm mostly just making stuff up right now. All right. Well, yeah. I'm enjoying my Corona. Okay. Miss my Lyme. Okay. This has been good. It has been good. Like us, review us, high five us, air high five us. Or give us real handshakes. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Justin, I mean, we'll see. See how quickly you come down with uh, COVID. COVID, right? COVID. COVID-19. Anyway, everyone stay safe out there. Listen to all the smart people, the medical people, the governmental people, the insurance people. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful week. Cheers.